Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One, two. Welcome to Bruisers, a podcast about beer, coffee, booze, and bruisers. I am your host, Rodie John, and today we speak to Brittany the Quiet Storm Cloudy. We talk all about her D1 collegiate background, her MMA career, and her podcast, The Mental Fight. She's doing such great things with this podcast, The Mental Fight, so that we can find out even more about people's mental state as they are going through and after injuries, fights, uh, losses, defeats. Uh, wins, it, everything. It's uh, very important to make sure to that your mental health is uh, on top of your physical health because if you can't do it mentally, you're definitely not going to be able to do it physically. So definitely make sure to spend some time listening to her podcast after you listen to this podcast and make sure your mental health is A-OK. So while you're doing all that, make sure to sign up for our newsletter. It comes out twice a week. We get to find out even more about our guest. We get to find out some fun facts. And you get to find out even more about your favorite podcast, all about beer, coffee, booze, and bruisers. So without further ado, here is Brittany, the Quiet Storm Cloudy. Welcome to the show. Brittany, the quiet storm cloudy. How are you doing today? I am doing great. I'm doing really good. How about you? I'm doing well. So uh, paint a word picture for us for people listening. Where are you? What's going on around you? Uh, Just let people know what's happening. I am in Houston, Texas, and currently I'm in fight week right now. I actually have a fight this Saturday. Um, I do MMA, and this is kind of like a last-minute fight. So um, today, my last days, I've been, you know, preparing for um, getting ready to uh, fly out to Memphis for um, UFL's second show um, and all of the fun stuff that goes around uh, weight cutting. And so a lot of that. <laughs> so that's been fun stuff. So that's kind of what's been going on around me, a lot of gymming, um, finishing up things with work, um and just getting ready for the Saturday. So how quick do you normally take, like, a short fight like this? Like, how far ahead of time do you normally would take it? Honestly, I feel like this is probably the most short-notice fight that I've ever taken. Um, I feel like 
other than that, maybe there's been like somewhere between two to three weeks out that I've taken a fight. Um, but okay. I've already been training and preparing, so I was already ready. So this kind of just popped up, and it was a really good opportunity. So I just really wanted to capitalize on it. And so I felt really ready and confident about the matchup. So I jumped on it. Yeah, that makes sense. So how does how does weight cutting work for you? Like, uh, I mean, I guess, what are you fighting at? And then what do you normally walk around at? So that way you kind of figure out how much you're going to lose. Um. I usually fight at 135, and since this is a short notice, this is at catch at 140. And so I've already been training, and my weight's been really good, so I've already been just walking around 150. And so it's just a matter of 10 pounds. Um, so I I used to run track, so my go-to is, like, I just do a lot of cardio. I like to – I run a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I realize I have a lot of legs, too, and, and when I run the most, that helps me to, like, lose uh, – lose off my legs because that's where a lot of my weight sits. Um, so that really helps helps out a lot. Um, but really, I've just been kind of doing the usual things. It just, if anything, I've just increased my cardio. Um, I try not to be more than like 155 walk around. Um, it's not like, I mean, those extra five pounds do matter, but <laughs> I feel light and at my best when I'm like 150. That makes sense. I always feel weird because I know it's not gentlemanly for a man to ask a woman about her weight and everything, but I almost feel mm-hmm. like there's a weird loophole because it is MMA and you're a fighter, so it's, uh, I don't know, it's a weird situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten used to it. It's definitely, um, outside of MMA, it's like, what? It just Why would you ask me about my weight? <laughs> but in this sport, it just becomes such a common conversation to where it's just like, um, we just talk about it so easily. That's just a part of it, so I don't really feel a certain way about it too much. Good. Just making sure. Uh, now, what is a normal, like, what does fight week look like compared to just a regular training week? Um, fight week is, you've already done all of the hard training. You've done all the work, and it's really just, for me, it's like, I just need to sweat and stay sharp and feel good. Um, and, and stay healthy, right? Um, not do anything crazy. Um, so that's what that looks like for me. So a lot of drilling, lots of, um, like just mental preparation as to kind of just rehearsing, like what's the game plan? Um, really just hyper focused on being very disciplined with my diet and my meals and making sure that I'm doing everything to, um, ensure, uh, the smoothest weight cut that you can have, right? Um, and I actually kind of enjoy the way the the fight week because a lot of times that's where I've, I've taken off work. So all I have left finally is to just focus on fighting. So I get to really just tune in with myself and do those necessary things that I need to do. It's usually the hardest part is the weight part, but um, I look forward to that quiet piece where I can really center and prepare for what I've been training for, you know, months for. Um, and it's really exciting and a lot of uh, emotional buildup to it. So um, fight weeks, really, I try to make it, honestly, as normal as a normal week is when it comes to, like, like how I manage my like my emotions around it. So I try to, like, manage my anxieties and um, feel confident that I've been preparing for this week, for this moment, and I'm ready to go out there and have fun and do what I love to do so that – um, I don't carry this extra weight of uh, burden or fears or doubts that go into the fight. Uh, that makes sense a lot. 
Now, when you – okay, I guess walk me a little bit through fight night. Whenever you walk in a building, how early before the fight do you normally get there, and then do you kind of have a routine leading up to the fight? Yeah, um, this fight actually is starting pretty early, and I'm excited about that because <laughs> I am an early sleeper, so um, it's really nice to not – have to um, think about fighting really, really late. And so usually fight day, I always love doing a shakeout. I go for like a run, get my first sweat in the morning um, after weigh-ins and things like that just to get loose, shadow box a little bit. Maybe I might do a little bit of pads for my coach or something, Um, rest and relax. And then when it's time to go to the venue, we head to the venue. Depending on where I am on the card, it always kind of depends on how soon I'm ready to, like, get my hands wrapped and things like that. We always have to go through all of our um, procedures with the doctors and the refs and um, the meetings and things like that, just kind of getting situated. I love getting through all of that, and then when everything, all of those things are done, then taking a breath of just kind of getting a chance to go out there to the cage just to kind of do my own little walkout, see what the venue looks like, what the walk is going to be, um, visualize, you know, the time when I'm actually walking out there and walking into the cage, get a feel for the cage, um, walking in, filling the mats and doing the whole, um, just moving around, getting a gauge of like the size of the cage and just kind of, I like to just give a lot of gratitude for the, in, a, in that moment of like, you know, this time is finally here. And I'm really excited to be able to come out here and put on a show. Um, within my workouts, uh, within preparing for the actual fight, I definitely like to do like a, a couple shakeouts. So maybe one when I first get there um, to get loose. And then usually I want to really kind of fire out my lungs and feel the fatigue and get tired and get that first win so that my last little um, – last little finishing touches or whatever it is, whether I'm grabbing or doing technique just to um, do my last little movement before I go out there so I can rest a little bit and then go out there and um, just make it happen. Um, Usually I'm always about less is more um, because at that point it's just a matter of like I'm just going out there ready to – as long as my having the right mental space and feeling good about where I'm at is really the most important thing to me, honestly. So – I really just fill it out, um, and I just try to, like, just enjoy the moment and um, just um, look forward to, like, doing what I need to do to get my hand raised at the end of the night. Yeah, I get that. Now, Mm -hmm. you mentioned that you were a track and field athlete. I mean, you were a decorated college D1 track and field athlete. What do you kind of take – what lessons do you take from that world that you've brought now into your uh, MMA world? Mm-hmm. Um, I really do honestly feel like the sports that I've competed in, I've, I I still use those skills in MMA. And honestly, I feel mm-hmm. like they are um, definitely a benefit and a plus to me. And I, it, it really all starts with my footwork. I used to play basketball too. And I really do okay. feel like um, – the agility work and the footwork for track and basketball really helps me with fighting. Um, everything starts from your feet when it comes to fighting. And it's funny enough, I didn't really enjoy running. I used to, like, do long jump and triple jumps and short sprints and things like that. So I wasn't for the cardio, but 
having to do all of the running and the sprint work and things like that. And I'm like, okay, I have, I already know how to do this. And you go, go piggybacking on some of those things I did in track and how I've incorporated that into my preparation in MMA has definitely um, shown up to be a positive asset when it comes to like explosiveness and keeping my feet moving and having good angles and just overall cardio um, definitely has helped me in MMA and and you know whenever you're doing something a lot all the time there's this little piece of like oh I'm tired of running but like with MMA is like I'm not running all the time so when I do go for runs and when I do do some track related things I'm like oh this is nice I haven't done this in a while so it feels a little refreshing <laughs> um, a little bit of massage so I enjoy it I enjoy being able to kind of add something different to my training to mix it up I mean this sport is definitely requires you to do um, and incorporate many different aspects of different kinds of training. So, yeah. Oh, that's very true. Now, what is your earliest memory of martial arts? Hmm. Funny enough, like, I've never um, been in any kind of combative sports prior to actually, you know, deciding to learn how to um, box. I went to some MMA fights um at the end of my track career, I started just watching, and it was all foreign to me, honestly. Um, <laughs> I never, I've always you know, known of boxing, but I never really watched boxing. Or my brothers and my dad, they were super into like WWE, and that wasn't ever my thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I never really had like that interest, or I never was like growing up watching it until like uh, being around others who were actually in the sport, and so. After kind of going to some fights and watching and getting learning a lot more about the sport, um, I was like, okay, there's a lot more than just people punching each other in the face. Um, right. And I'm a very um, intellectual, cerebral kind of person. I love technique. And so as I started to learn a technique, and I was like, oh, okay, I really like this. It's a chest with the body. <laughs> and it's very, very difficult and there's very high uh, risk, right? And that kind of made it even that much more intriguing. So, um, honestly, when I first started the sport, that was my first contact in the sport, my first ever, like, really um, investment into it. And so, but the moment that I started, like, I I really just fell, fell in love with it and very intrigued, and I just haven't stopped soon. That's awesome. Now, from your Instagram, I'm seeing that your workouts look killer like what is your routine like normally and do you put it together does somebody else put it together how does that whole thing how does it all work oh um well i train at main street boxing muay thai here in houston and we have a variety of different classes so i usually go to our you know our mma training classes whether it's no gi gi um our mma we have wrestling class and things like that so those Training sessions are led by our coach or other um, pro fighters who run classes too. Um, so I really just get work and I and I go there and I show up and I'm like, all right, what are we gonna do today? And that's what we're doing. <laughs> um, you know, um, a lot of some of the other things I do on my on the side when it comes to running and um, strength and conditioning, like I I utilize other uh, resources for that and those are kind of separate. So. Um, Usually, um, I've taken a lot of different 
training and different things that I've done over the years and I'm thinking about, okay, so what do I need to do to prepare in this aspect? Okay, let me make sure I go to these kind of classes. Okay, I need to work on this aspect of me and make sure I go to these kind of classes. And, and the combination of all those things is is, is, is what I have, and that's and that's that's what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, I mean, as long as I always say that you need to just continue to learn no matter what. I mean, no one is ever perfect at anything. And, you know, you can never truly be perfect. You could just be better than you were yesterday. So I love that you're still trying to figure out, all right, well, I need to be better over here. Let me go do this class. Or I need to be better over here. Let me do this class. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, it's kind of weird because I found myself being in positions where I'm, like, teaching other people how to do things. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm still a student. Like, I'm always – there's still things that I still need to work on. But then at the same time, I'm like, okay, there are things that I do do well that I could also share it. And I believe – like, that's a part of, like, the process is that as we learn more and we um, gain more skills under our belt, it's meant for us to share those skills and the knowledge to those who are coming in underneath us. And that's how we – that's how we keep this going, right? Everyone who's teaching me – once did it themselves, and I've learned for sure that when I am teaching different techniques and different um, aspects of the sport, that it helps me to be a better fighter because it helps me to have a deeper level of understanding as to why I do certain things and why I should not do certain things, you know. Right. Um, there's a lot of risk management in this fight. You know, you can go and <laughs> truly do something that you know is not technically right, but you're willing to take the risk for it because, you know, you high re- high re- there's a high reward but also very high risk, and understanding those kind of things can really, um, really just helps uh, – you separate yourself from others too, right? But and also um, having that piece of self-reflection as to where you are and the and the constant you know mindset of behind wanting to you know improve and continue to fill in your holes. Yeah, I, I mean, like you said, you know, we need to you know fighters need to and coaches need to continue to uh, help other you know people coming into the sport because. This thing, like you said, does have to go on. Yet right now, I mean, we're pretty we're at a very big boom period in the MMA world where there are, say, three to four big companies that you can go to. There's all the regional ones, and then you know you could split off from there as to, all right, well, MMA as a whole didn't work out for me. What about jujitsu? What about you know Muay Thai? What about different things that you could still compete at? So, but. Everybody, whoever is the king or queen in that, you know, martial art or MMA realm, there is, you know, at one point they were the person walking into the gym for the first time that didn't know anything. So, yeah. you know, we, we all need to just continue to build up and share the experiences that, you know, somebody who's been doing it for, let's say, 15, 20 years can actually help tell somebody who's done it for 15, 20 minutes, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, I, I see that in so many different aspects. I mean, that, I think that's just kind of rings true in all different professions, right? You know, yeah. that's that's how we um, evolve as, as people. We just pass down the things that we learn to uh, others who are interested <laughs> in that same niche, niche you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the hope anyway, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Now, you're also the host for the uh, Mental Fight podcast. Can you tell us more about the podcast and how it started? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I It's kind of one of these things where I had a, this idea. Like, I had an idea, but I was like, I don't know if I actually really want to do it, though. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, when it comes to like fighting and things, I literally, I've learned so much that I have to lean into things that make me feel uncomfortable and that's how we grow. Mm-hmm. And so the podcasting was definitely something that I leaned into because I'm like, it makes me uncomfortable, but I'm like, okay, well, here's an area where I can work on something. And so that was, that was me kind of fulfilling that I had an idea and I, and when I was back in California and I was training at Timoyama, and my teammate Floor and Lisa and man, we were just like living quote unquote the dream. We had this like little <laughs> ongoing gag as we were you know singing this song, living my best life. <laughs> and even though at the same time we were like burning out because we were just training so hard and we're like, man, this is rough, you know. We're like, like so they say you want to be a fighter, but so <laughs> we spent a lot of time just like talking about like some of the hardships and the things that we were experiencing together. Um, we lived in a fighter house with like 10 other, other fighters and so many people would come and go. And we were just there, like right there at ground zero, you know? Um, and when it came to um, fighting, we also looked at fighting through the perspective of being women and we're okay. two women and, and this man predominant, predominantly um, kind of space here. And some of the just watching the differences between like, you know, we'll we'll be complaining about stuff like, man, they go eat that and then they go run for an hour, then they lose ten pounds or whatever, <laughs> and we're like, we eat that and then we're running for a month and <laughs> like, man, this sucks, you know. We're talking about like all these one thing like these challenges that we're having to face, and we're like, man, like it's rough and just like the environment they were in and just all these kind of other things that go. That, that we don't necessarily, we don't, people don't actually see. You know, they see us get on the scale and race and make weight and, and then go out there and fight. But no one sees, you know, I'm getting up at this, you know, I'm, I'm getting up at this hour going for all these runs on top of all this training or I'm working overnight and I'm doing all these other things here just to, like, you know, also live life, you know, because we are, like, have to take care of ourselves and things like that. And, and so – from like that, those experiences, it kind of really um, spilled my mind of like, I wonder what other experiences, what are the things that um, as fighters we're, we don't talk about outwardly that others are having challenges with that we don't necessarily talk about all the time. And I really feel like it also just kind of stems with athletes. And so that's kind of where I started. That was where my idea started from, where I wanted to start with women, um, particularly because that's where my frame of reference is too and kind of talk about some of those, like, mental battles, the other battles that we kind of face um, even outside of the actual physical training. And my team up with um, my creative team, uh, Three Comma Creative, and they do all the production for the uh, podcast. And he's, uh, Rick is a super cool guy. He's been my creative coach for, like, the over the last um, year or so. Because um, uh, I'm definitely very introverted, so he <laughs> definitely uh, – <laughs> It helps me to push me out there to be a little bit more in the world because um, I would not have actually went through with it if he wasn't like, hey, well, here here I am. Let's make it actually happen. So we've been making it happen. It's been really, a really great turnout. I'm really happy, happy that 
um, that I leaned into it, and I'm definitely super happy that I, you know, had him and the team to be able to kind of make this thought and vision actually come alive. Um, so this whole first season has been dedicated to female fighters, and it's been really cool to, like, connect with a lot of girls who maybe I just followed them on Instagram for a while, and, like, we actually got to see each other face-to-face for the first time on the podcast, or, like, I <laughs> met them, and we we trained together, or I've interviewed, like, probably, like, three of my past opponents, and so it's been really cool um, talking, like, outside of the cage about these things and, like, you know, making connections. So um, I'm also – a mental health therapist, so obviously that's my space of reference. Is like I'm very interested in like the whole being, the our mental health as well, on side of the physical things. And so um, I also have visions for other topics and other different kinds of um, guests in the future to come on the podcast and kind of talk about the mental side of different professions and of just a variety of different things. So there's more coming, coming, coming soon here. There we go. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, I want to get into you being a counselor and how that all happened, but what is a kind of a common thread that you've noticed among other um, female fighters, like when it comes to challenges inside and outside of the of the cage? Uh, well, uh, I think, well, <laughs> there's like two categories. There's women and there's just athletes. Um, a lot of it is like so much in our head of, the confidence and the esteem and, like, the training of how our thoughts and how, like, us as individuals can, like, really stand in our way. Um, mm. So that mental preparation of the the thoughts that we have around the sports, the the <laughs> the finickiness or the the other challenges of the sport itself is all is difficult to deal with. Like, I'm in fight camp. Then my opponent drops out. Then I'm not in fight camp. What does that do to my mind? What does that do to my emotions? Okay, now I'm having I have an injury. I'm coping with that, or I'm also um, working this job and like this work life balance too, um, mm-hmm. has been like that common thread. Just of I have these aspirations. I'm really trying to um, obtain them. However. How do I manage, like, my thoughts and my feelings in the time of where there's a lot of things that are so uncertain and out of my control sometimes, right? Um, and then managing and balancing through that. Um, I've also had many conversations with women just about exactly that, the topic of, you know, the the weight cut, um, the some of the other psychological pieces of our diets, um, how we view our bodies before mm-hmm. and during and after going through a weight cut, going like we get all super ripped and then we gain the weight back. And then how does that impact us like emotionally? How does that, how do we see ourselves? What about our happiness? Um, how are we doing it? Are we doing it in a healthy way? Um, and for me, it has been like also trying to figure out, am I finding myself in the right weight class so that I can, 
um, have longevity in the sport as well. So um, there's so many, so many, um, I guess, common themes that have come up, right? And I feel like, and so my theory is, like, I don't think it's only just women. I also feel like it's, you know, across the board with athletes who are in this kind of performance kind of um, driven sport where there's so much of your identity that's on the line that is really difficult to um, sometimes give yourself compassion or also incorporate rest and not feel like you have to go and train like a machine all the time. And then, you know, um, so trying to find this right balance with all of these things of um, self-care and our lives and also trying to achieve high, like very high evolving dreams, you know, where the sport is constantly moving. And if you're not moving, you're getting left behind in a sense, right? Um, so there's just a lot of different pieces that uh, go into it all. And um, so far, I've definitely have come, come across a lot of those different uh, concepts and pieces. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, I mean, I'm glad I don't have to go through a weight cut, but I'm also not in an industry where that's a, a thing that I have to worry about. Like, if I want to yeah. lose weight, I just lose weight, but I'm not, you know, I'm not getting paid to lose weight. So the only payment, I guess, is, you know, better, I feel better. But, like, I I can imagine that there is a giant, well, I guess it's, it's only as big as you make it, really, like the obstacle of the weight cut or, like you said, you know, you're training and then all of a sudden you're um, – opponent backs out and there's no backup fighter or I mean and what you're going through right now where uh, a short notice fight like you all you you kind of have to jump into that mindset of okay I'm I'm, I have a fight I gotta get prepared mentally all this Uh, and as much as your sport is very physical like you've been talking about it's extremely mental as well how do you kind of um well, I guess being a counselor, does it help you when it comes to um, the kind of mental workouts or stuff that you will do to um, kind of combat everything that you've just been talking about? Yeah. Um, it's funny. When I started MMA, I was also in school for my counseling program. And so mm-hmm. when I say that at the same time learning about – just like I guess really just human psychology and learning more about myself and like how we work and how we how we're wired and things like that or understanding our experiences from our past and all this all these other pieces that like shapes us as to who we are how we think how we perceive the world and then putting ourselves like basically in an experiment okay let's we're going to put you under stress and under pressure how do you react (laughs) and trying to understand, well, why is that you reacted that way, right? Um, And then, like, kind of both of those worlds merging together, that's why I've always felt like, man, this sport has taught me a lot about myself because I have never been put in so many uncomfortable situations um, or that that any other sport has, has had, right? And when it comes to, like, the dieting and the food thing, it comes down to, like, okay, it really had to, it really forced me to put, like, my eating habits under a microscope, you know, of, okay, so how have you been? Is there any room for improvement here? What are What is your relationship with food? Because um, I found that I was like, that was a thing. Um, so 
I had to face a lot of these things that came up that only came up because I was put in new situations um, through this sport. And either you're going to choose to face them or you're going to, you know, try to stride, shy away from them. But at some point in time, you're going to have to face them. And so I really do feel that just the insight and just learning more about myself and through different things that I have learned as as far as being a counselor, but then also just actually doing um, doing the sport and being open to um, looking at the areas where I'm like, okay, there there there's something here. So you know, leaning away from it, uh, lean into it. So I feel like that has been the the biggest the biggest thing as far as gaining insight is leaning into the things that we tend to kind of shy away from about ourselves um, and doing whatever that necessary work is to actually kind of address it so that that thing that we choose not to avoid does not show up in the cage, you know, when we're, when, when we're in a, a terrible situation and, that thought that comes across our mind that could be filled with doubt or something that's about us that we didn't like and that comes up. And because of that thought, we decide to take, you know, to find a way out or, you know, or else we, we hear that thought and we had something different to say about it. And then we decided to push back against it. Um, I feel like there's just so much insight to be had there and so much to, um, to be gained when we kind of do that mental work. And that's, a part of also my drive for wanting to particularly work with athletes um, in the counseling aspect um, or in even also in a coaching aspect. Um, so I, I'm definitely looking and working towards um, providing like counseling and coaching for athletes and also there a handful of other populations too. I really do feel like um, just having the mindset of being an athlete and understanding a lot of, of those things and challenges that athletes go through could really help to be able to provide some resources and some different frame of references to help athletes to be able to kind of make some breakthroughs that could lead to and improving their physical performance and or just also just feeling better about yourself while you're going through the journey, you know. And we can't put all of our identity on our successes. We also have to just enjoy the ride that we're on too. Yeah, you're so right. I was just talking to um a fighter he made his UFC debut this past weekend at the pay-per-view he unfortunately lost but he is looking at it now as a stepping stone for well that next fight is going to be my showcase I'm going to be a better fighter I'm working on this this and this and uh, you know I kind of brought up the little things that you know the doubt that comes from losing a fight can bring and I was like walk me through that your walkout, like what was that like? Walk me through, you know, Bruce Buffer saying your name for the first time. Like, walk. Me, what was that like? And like little things like that. And I mean, like you were saying that if you are focusing on the bad things that happen, you're not. You're filling your brain, and you're to a point to where it can't take in any of the good. And that's not your your brain should not be working that way. Like you should be, you know, noticing it the the bad things and then allowing them to brush them aside focus on what you can learn from that and then just take in all the good things because you know filling your head with doubt will never get you where you want to be 
Yeah, it's a slippery slope, and we're going to find ourselves, you know, circling the drain. The more that we Mm -hmm. attach ourselves to the negative thoughts, it's really important that we give ourselves the most clear perspective of ourselves by also identifying the good things, too, um, so that we don't find ourselves having such a skewed view. And when we have those negative thoughts and negative feelings about ourselves, we're going to feel and act in response of those thoughts, you know. So it's a it's a domino effect. So if we want to um, have a different type of outcome, we need to think about, well, how do I need to think about these situations so that I feel a certain way, so that I also um, act in, in alignment with where I would like to see myself going. Right, exactly. Now, yeah. getting back to you being a counselor, how did – how did that come up? Like, how did you decide that's what you wanted to do? And then at what point during that journey did you start also, you know, being training to be a fighter? Yeah. Um, I've always knew that I wanted to be a teacher since high school. Okay. So I started off my first degree is in education. So I was teaching third grade and first grade. <laughs> I love the kids. Wow. They're a bundle of energy um and then being teaching i really there's two parts of it it's kind of like a joke about like you're not just a teacher you're their mom their aunt their doctor their their therapist (laughs) and you like have all these hats on and it's like really true and (laughs) and like but I don't have a medical degree or anything like that but it's really true and like just teaching and seeing like all of the different parts of like here are these little people who are walking around just like little little images of their parents <laughs> you know and they don't even know why and it just really um shed a light on um like just the social emotional learning piece that I was like man I can't teach kids until I have a re- like they feel safe with me until they feel um like safe in this classroom until if they have other things going on in their life, those things are going to hinder them from being able to receive what I'm trying to teach them. And being in that setting of realizing, like, I can't do both of these very well at the same time. I can't sit down and and have this whole 20-minute calming conversation with a kid who's really upset because I also have 19 other kids in my classroom, right? And so... Mm -hmm. Add that to the fact that I've always, like, been really interested in just psychology in general. Um, I, I've watched um, the whole psychological thriller buff, so I like all of those kind of shows <laughs> and things like that. So I'm like, oh, very just fascinated why people do what they do. And so I'm just like, huh, curious. Like, that's so interesting. And just interested in how different people and just, like, their backgrounds and how just how we grow and develop. So, um I've always had that heart for education, so I always thought that, you know, at one point in time, if I chose not to want to teach um, and I wanted to do something different, what would would that be? And so it was kind of like a no-brainer. So I was like, I really want to go into the field of psychology in some form, so I chose to go in the route of counseling. And so I was working on my counseling degree while I was teaching. Um, I finished up right at right before I moved to California in 2019 so I finished my degree and everything 
And so <clears throat> it was a very pivotal time for me where I was deciding to, okay, I have my master's in counseling. I can continue doing the requirements I need to do in order to do that. And then if anything, I can always go back to teaching because I have that solid too. But right now, at this age, one thing for sure is that my window is closing when it comes to athletics. So um, I decided to, like, really um, just dive in and focus on fighting and training. Um, and so finishing up, like, doing my therapy and my counseling kind of requirements was, like, secondary while I was training. And so that's kind of what I've been working on uh, alongside of fighting these last few years is really working on my hours and, and therapy stuff and thinking about what I wanted to do with that and how I wanted to utilize that and for a while I wasn't quite sure exactly what space I wanted to take up because it's so vast it's like people who work with people who have anxiety or depression or people with personality disorders over there or adolescents you want to work with kids you want it's just all these different spaces where you can go because usually people find a space to specialize in a certain area so I wasn't really quite sure um so but during this time I've taking the time to like really kind of figure out where exactly I want to be. I've worked with, you know, different um, private practices and worked with different clientele and populations. Currently I'm working at an eating and recovery disorder. So the irony of that is like mind blowing to me. <laughs> As yeah. I told you about like going through everything I was going through with my teammate back in California and then moving to Houston and ending up working um with it, with a population who who um, suffer with eating disorders, and I'm learning all of the terminology and like make finding all these connections as to like wow, um, so there's a lot more to um, you know the what was going on and what I was experiencing and things like that, and I just wondered like so just like learning a lot more and, and getting different insight in different spaces, but. I wanted to take all of the things that I had learned and the different um, groups that I've worked with and wanted to find something that felt like me. And one of the biggest things about me is I'm always an athlete. And so um, right now I'm really heading in the direction of really wanting to work with athletes um, and particularly maybe within this sport. But then also, you know, I do have experience running track and uh, basketball and things like that so I'm really open to like just athletes in general but then at the same time I'm also I also do love the kids long story short I'm just all over the place <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I've I've found my my spaces that that I feel like I've I've fallen to I will always do something with kids and I honestly feel like I would love to like um do a kids MMA program and like teach kids um self-defense and things like that and then work with athletes in some capacity and so um, that's where I am right now. Um, right now fighting is, I've been kind of juggling the two. So back, I'm like, all right, back really hardcore on fighting right now. So, um, working slowly but surely to, you know, achieve my ultimate goal in, in, in both aspects of my profession. So I'm still, still striving to get there, but making, making steady progress though. I mean, as long as you're making progress, that's really at the end of the day, all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I have a segment on the show I call it The Five Count. I have uh, just five random questions. You just answer as quick as possible. Mm, okay. All right. Um, number one, what is your cheat meal of choice? 
I love some mac and cheese, some chicken parmesan, some just mac. This place is the restaurant on my phone here in Houston. I love that place. It's so good. Good to know. Uh, if you mm-hmm. owned a liquor company, brewery, winery, or coffee shop, which one would you own and what would the name be? Um, I guess I'm going to have to go with a winery. Okay. And I have no idea what it would be called, though. <laughs> but I, love, I, like, I like wine. There you go. Uh, what are three things people would not expect about you? Mm-mm. I don't know. I guess that I want to say they don't know, but I feel like my friends they do know that I am just I'm just really awkward. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm like a big kid, and uh, um, um, I like fun. I'm just fun. There you go. Uh, who inspires you? Uh, I don't think one person has inspired me. People inspire me, honestly. Okay. Um, yeah. It's really hard to just put one. I think just collectively people. There you go. Uh, what would you tell your 17-year-old self? <laughs> um, the glow up is real. Like, um <laughs> That your dad is right. You are special. Believe it. Um, and speak up for yourself. There you go. Uh, that's something that everyone can really take uh, heart to. Uh, yeah. If people wanted to find out more about you, follow you online, watch your fights, uh, how can they do all the things? Yeah, my main place is Instagram, the quiet storm underscore MMA. Um, everything you can find out everything from there. My, I also have the mental fight, um, Instagram as well to follow more of my counseling, coaching content there. Um, I'm also on, I mean, I'm on Facebook, but you know, uh, <laughs> Twitter things I should probably tweet, but I don't, but I'm on there too, uh, quiet storm underscore MMA, but, for sure. Find out anything that you want. Hit my Instagram. You'll also be able to find my YouTube page and everything else from there, too, with the link in the bio. There we go. Uh, thank you so much for your time, and, and thank you what you're doing with uh, helping people um, have a space to talk about, you know, the uncomfortableness of, you know, eating disorders or cutting weight or little things that people more than likely don't think about when it comes to being a fighter in general. Um, so uh, thank you for, for that and what you're doing with kids and what you will do in the future. So uh, I look forward to seeing what the future holds for you, and uh, hopefully we get to talk to you again. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, and likewise, thanks for providing this space for me as well. Appreciate it. Anytime. Yeah, come back anytime you want. Cool. All righty. Thank you so much, Brittany, for being on the show. Uh, Amazing conversation. And I love talking about mental health the way we did. And uh, again, it needs to be a conversation people have on a regular basis and 
don't just shy away from it. Mental health is very important. So definitely make sure you are on top of your game when it comes to your mental health. Now, if you also want to be on top of your game, make sure to sign up for our newsletter. It comes out twice a week. You get to find out even more about the guest. You get to find out even more about your favorite podcast, all about beer, coffee, booze, and bruisers. And while you're at it, make sure to follow us on the social medias. It is Bruisers Pod. That is B R E W S C R S P O D. We are on the Instagram, the threads. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We are on Reddit. We are on the YouTubes. Just go out and find us. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or requests, send them over to bruiserspod at gmail.com. And if you want to follow me directly, it is Rodie John. That is R O D I E J O N. Rodie John is the name on the Twitter and on Untap. In case you want to find out what I'm drinking, maybe we can have a beer together. And if you want to follow me on the threads and Instagram, it is official Rodie John. And if you want to send me an email, it is Rodie John at gmail.com. So until next time, make sure to go out and enjoy life, drink local, and cheers.